Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Happy, happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Dan Bespris. Coming up in just a couple of moments, we'll be talking to my good buddy, Adam King. We are not deep mailbagging today. we got another little thing on the docket. We'll also talk Pacers trade rumors with Adam. That's kind of the big news breaking this morning. But before we dive into any of that, I do want to remind you of our two new-ish, new-to-you partners here at Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, Namely, our buddies at ExpressVPN and Thrive Fantasy. Just so excited that we that we're able to partner with Thrive Fantasy. This is one that I I, I think we can keep going for a really long time. But we're gonna need you guys to check them out to make it work. Go to thrivefantasy.com immediately. We do have a coupon code. Fear not. It's ethos. T E T H O S. Ethos is the coupon code. That'll get you a hundred percent deposit match so a a full deposit match up to a hundred bucks for new users full deposit match prop up on thrive fantasy this nba season it's a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props i told you all about it on yesterday's show but just a quick rehash here you choose 10 out of the 20 available player props on the biggest name athletes on the card So unlike traditional DFS, where you've got to research 200 guys on like a five-game NBA night and figure out who's the guy that you can get on the ridiculous budget that all the algorithms you're competing against haven't gotten, you can go look at the superstars, figure out which ones are going to have good and bad games, pick your player props, they're assigned values based on the likelihood of different things happening, and if you rack up the most points, you win a share of the money. Go to thrivefantasy.com today. It's available on the Apple App Store or the Play Store or just go to thrivefantasy.com and you can learn more about it over there. It's super easy to get signed up. Again, use promo code ETHOS to get a 100% deposit match bonus. And if you put in 20 bucks, you get one free play ticket. If you put in 100 bucks, you get two free play tickets. That's only available on your first deposit as well. Been an amazing pleasure to work with our buddy Scott over there at Thrive Fantasy. I know you guys are going to love it, so please do check it out. You don't have to be a DFS DFS expert to kick ass in those tournaments. Give it a whirl, and you'll be thankful that you did. Uh, I did want to very quickly talk about a couple of key things from yesterday's card. I mean, just for a minute here, because I I want most of this show to be uh, a chat with Adam, but a few things that jumped out. First, the Hornets, they're cut down to their prime right now. Uh, lost Ish Smith into COVID protocols as well. So continue to roll with Kelly Oubre, P.J. Washington. I know Cody Martin didn't have as good a game as we wanted, but he will, for the next week at least, make a, for a terrific stream. So keep working on that Hornets side. With Philadelphia, hold on to Matisse Thibel just a little bit longer, although it does seem more and more like Danny Green is going to get those minutes. The veteran, healthy now. He played 30 in an overtime game, Thibault only got 20. So that's a, a pretty big deal. Uh, again, we'll talk Pacers in just a minute here. Other big notable things on yesterday's card. Jimmy Butler re-injured injured his tailbone. He's questionable for the next ballgame. Dwayne Dedman 
Still a low-end center, so nothing massive to discuss there. Uh, Timothée Luau Cabro talked about how I didn't really trust him on yesterday's pod, and then he came out and buried seven threes in my face. But again, worth noting, without the three-pointers, his line was super empty. Two boards, two assists, one steal. That's not great in 38 minutes, and that is why I'm still a little bit leery of taking the plunge on TLC. Um, and there's one other player I got to talk about. I know other things happened on the card yesterday, but, you know, with Portland, there's trade rumor stuff, and the Clippers need help, and so on and so forth. But I got to talk to Anthony Melton for just a second, because he the headache that he continues to cause is robust. He got 23 minutes yesterday, which should be enough for him to hit fantasy value, and he got close. Missed a few shots, had three turnovers, but he got his two steals, his four assists, he hit his three-pointer, blah, blah, blah. But the minutes being yanked around like this are just so supremely annoying. And and as a fantasy community, I think we've sort of deluded ourselves into thinking that at some point the scale is going to tip. I don't think it's going to tip. I don't want to be the first person through that door, but I don't actually think he's a must-roster player anymore. And it kills me to say it, but he's been, when Dylan Brooks was out, startable. When Dylan Brooks has been in, streamable. And barely that, when Dylan Brooks and Ja Morant were both healthy. Ja's out now, and that's moved Melton kind of back into the middle-upper part of the streamer zone. So yeah, stream away right here. But I feel pretty confident saying that when Morant comes back, Melton's probably not going to have fantasy value at that point. He'll be in the lowest tier of streams. Now, if we find out Brooks is going to get a rest day or gets himself re-injured or whatever, I mean, yeah, obviously. He was top 65 kind of guy when he was getting starters minutes. But they're just yanking him around. And I don't think it's changing. I wish it was. I really wish it was. We've tried. We've pushed. We've tweeted. We've done all we can. But this is what it is. Oh, by the way, I mentioned on yesterday's show, but uh, Danilo Gallinari really trucking along for Atlanta right now. I want to tell you guys about ExpressVPN as well. We do now officially have ad copy for them. Yesterday, I was winging it a little bit. Today, I can tell you what they want me to tell you, which is fantastic because, pow, holiday season. Tis the season of giving. But as I mentioned yesterday, you've already given enough to your ISP. That stands for Internet Service Provider. If you haven't been using ExpressVPN every time you've gone online this year, because you're giving them data. Yes, you pay your bills with them, but they can see every website you visit, including when you think you're hanging out in incognito mode. They see it. They can sell that data to third-party advertisers. Why do you think you got all these targeted ads everywhere you go? So... Use ExpressVPN. It encrypts and reroutes 100% of your network data through their secure servers so the ISP can't see a thing. It's very easy. You just boot up the app, hit the turn on button, and then pow. They protect your privacy. It takes one click to turn it on. Visit expressvpn.com hoopball and get three extra months free on top of your 12-month subscription. So 15 months for the price of 12, expressvpn.com slash 
hoopball. And for all of our basketball fans here, which is all of you guys, it can help you watch games in different media markets on League Pass. It works for the MLB Network stuff as well, whatever they call it. MLB Game Day? I don't know. I forget what they... I used to know. In 2007, when I worked for minor league baseball team, they actually gave us a login to watch our big leagues team play, even if we were out of market. And they took that away like two years later and never gave it back. They're squeeze you, man, which is nuts because you're paying hundreds of dollars for league pass or again, whatever the other sports packages are called. And you can't even use it some of the time. That's bonkers. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. Check it out. No deep mailbag today. We got a new plan on the docket. Maybe it's just a brand new docket. I don't know. Did we clean the docket and put a new plan on it or is it a new one? Doesn't matter. What's up, Adam? Good morning. Good morning. Nice to be here. Uh, day off work today. So I'm, nice. I'm just relaxing, chilling out a bit. <laughs> chilling out and just waiting to talk fantasy. What could, what could be better? It is. I didn't do the shtick with you this time uh, that it's morning there and afternoon here. We're finally... Me personally, I think this is this is growth on my side. I'm I'm finally <laughs> over the fact that because actually with daylight savings and the two of us going in different directions there, timing wise, we're not that far apart anymore. It's like almost California to Newfoundland, but the other direction. We're only uh, I think we're only five hours apart now, but really it's 19. I mean I get it. Everybody else is putting the pieces together, but like it's almost still my morning. We only just touched. The afternoon here on the Pacific Coast. But anyway, new plan. First and foremost, we got to talk Pacers trade rumors because that was the big news of the day. That wasn't part of our original plan. The original plan is talking panic, guys. Do we panic or don't we panic? And we've got a handful of names. We'll get to those. But the first thing is the a Shams report this morning that basically the entire Pacers roster is potentially on the trade block, with the exception of Malcolm Brogdon, who can't be traded before February, and then he might end up on the block as well. What are your initial thoughts upon hearing that Demonis Sabonis is on the block? We knew Miles Turner's been on the block for a while. Karis LeVert, who they just got, he's on the block. Is there anything we can do from a fantasy perspective, like from a, 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 from a preparation standpoint in this? Uh, I know we all kind of want to like get things ready if news breaks. Where are you at with this? Uh, yeah, look, it's uh, your your mention of it is the first I'm hearing of it because I did only just get up, so I good um, morning. Sort of, <laughs> Again. Yeah, so I, I sort of I I did read something when I got up during the night um, at about four o'clock or something, and, and glanced at the news and, and saw something there and. and yeah, it's um sort of a, a bit out of left field, I guess. I think most people sort of thought the Pacers were were, were not probably not a championship team, but but they're a competitive team. Um, and the fact that they're willing to <laughs> let everyone go is um, yeah, it's it's a sign, I guess, that they're they're done with their current makeup and and where they're headed, and then they're gonna tear it down and rebuild so but it, i mean in terms of fantasy i i don't know i can't think of a lot that you can do at the moment i didn't we did get word i think that tj mcconnell is probably out for the season yeah um, yeah which is a bit of a, a bummer um just as a tj mcconnell fan um but again there's not a lot to do because he's been out for a couple of weeks already anyway so it's not 
it's not like this was thrust upon us and we can go and grab someone. I think it's Chris Duarte uh, is the guy to target there, but he's probably been picked up in most leagues. So I'm not sure. Have you got any sort of fantasy thoughts on this? No, I, I like your call on, on Duarte. There's probably a spot or two where he hasn't been added. And then the fact that the if the Pacers really are moving towards a rebuild, it would seem that almost regardless of who comes back, he would still, Duarte would still be sort of a central part of whatever it is they're doing there. Um, generally, when these guys all end up on the block, you don't see everybody moved at the same time. Orlando last year was kind of the exception to the rule, where they really did. They were just like, all right, everybody, this is the whole damn thing. We're, we're, <laughs> we're tearing it all apart, and it's happening now, and we will take whatever we can get. We just got to go on this. I don't know that the Pacers will go that way. That's a hard Band-Aid to rip off to trade all of those guys. But if we had to, I think, guess on who might be the first one out, isn't it probably Miles Turner? Because we've been hearing about his stuff for two years now. And then if it is, you're pro- I mean, I, I pivot back to what you said. Because if he goes and everybody else stays, Sabonis just slides up. Everybody kind of slides up a spot on the roster. And I don't know that anyone moves into a fantastic fantasy spot besides probably Duarte. But what about where these guys might go? Is there anything that you could do sort of from the, the fear standpoint? Like what if Miles Turner ends up in, I don't know, X name, name a city. Is it more likely he gets better or worse if someone like that gets traded? I would assume maybe it's different for each one of those guys. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I know for I'm just pulling up numbers here. Like I know for for Turner, an, an issue the last few years has just been that we want him to play more minutes. That he always seems to just play uh, fewer minutes than what we think he should. So potentially, if he goes somewhere else, he might play over 30 minutes a night. He's only playing 29 at the moment. Um, Per night, so maybe that bumps up to thirty-two if he if he goes to a team that's just happy to to let him let him free. Um, so I guess there's scope there for a few more minutes. Might mean a few more points. I don't think his blocks go up a whole lot um, from where they are now, but there's potential for him to to possibly go up. I don't think I think most of the other paces players play a ton of minutes, don't they? I think generally Sabonis is at 34. Yeah, that ain't going up. Um, so he's not playing more than that. Um, Lavert is his minutes are weird because he's been hurt a few times. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, Lavert's the interesting one there. I'm not sure even if they did want to trade him what they'd get for him at the moment. I think his value in fantasy and reality is probably a bit up in the air at the moment just because of his, his ongoing back thing and... Um, yeah, that's just, a weird the one. Last, that's yeah, a weird one. I agree with yeah, you on on Lavert. I don't like. I don't know how you move him. There's sort of, what's the point? He's still young. Couldn't you? Couldn't he be part of the rebuild? I get it with Sabonis. You know, multiple time All Star or whatever. You go. You can get a pretty big haul for him. I don't know what haul you can get for Lavert right now. That's not just like, oh well, let's just take a young guy and make him like two years younger. What the hell's the point there? Uh. He's he probably I don't know I mean we're guessing we're we're grasping at things a little bit but it feels like he's the most likely to stay, uh, and then the big men probably the more likely to move. But I'm actually I'm inclined to agree with you on Miles Turner, 
the uh, interesting little fantasy factoid in nine cat miles turner and al horford are the only players ranked in the top three rounds averaging under 30 minutes of ball game so i uh, like from a just a stat set perspective we know he's already a monster but if you put him if you add a minute if you add a minute and a half whatever it might be that's a possible win i don't know that you can go out and buy on miles turner because whatever team has him probably values him where he should be valued it's the other teams that don't he's one of those polarizing guys that no one likes him because his value is so tied up in one category but yeah i mean you know overall just from a preparation standpoint here you're not going to go buy any of these guys you're probably not going to sell any of these guys if any of them it would be sabonis as a possible sell guy because you know he's the number one guy in indiana wherever he goes he probably wouldn't be anymore and then in terms of who's left you already mentioned it duarte is kind of is kind of that guy and even if you look at last night's pacers ball game uh he already played 25 minutes and was relatively successful with them so that uh possibly could go up what would you say if they traded miles turner and didn't get or even sabonis and didn't get a big man back would you take a flyer on someone like o'Shea Brissett? and just squat on him for a little bit? Because we did see he had a pretty good fantasy game uh, late last year when everybody was out for the Pacers. Or is is it, again, we're just we're getting too far ahead of ourselves here. It's big news. It's fun to talk about big news. But, you know, slow our roll a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably getting ahead of ourselves a bit. But, I mean, yeah, if if, if Turner was to go and then no one was to come back, the, well, no, no center sort of power forward eligible players. I mean, someone's got to get minutes there. So I, I suppose it would be Brissett. I mean, I'm just looking. Yeah. I mean, he played 29 minutes yesterday and he was okay. He wasn't great, but um, I guess the other name would be um, Goga Badadze. Right. A, he'd, he'd maybe step into a, a bigger role there, but I think it would, if I had to pick one, if I just had to sort of go, okay, you've got to pick one guy to take a flyer. It probably would be Brissett, I think, because we've seen him do it before. Um, only in very, uh, very small sample size, but uh, it, it is there. Um, Keelan Martin is another one, I guess, who, who has had some moments this season where he's looked good. So whether they just go smaller and, and run him a little bit more. So, but as you said, it's all, it's clutching at straws at the moment. Nothing nothing set in stone. I've got one more fun name for you before we move on to our uh, little game of panic or not. TJ Warren. What the hell do they do with TJ Warren now? If they're blowing this thing up, he hasn't played basketball in a year now. Yeah. I, again, I'm not sure they would could trade him because I don't know which team would take him. Um, unless they will the willing to just part with him for next to nothing. Um, but if they actually want something substantial in return, I think they need to wait until he's back on the floor and see how he looks because he hasn't, I mean, it feels like he hasn't played forever. Yeah. So, it's, it's, you're right. I mean, he played a handful of games last season, so it really has yeah. been more like, you know, 20 months or so since I think remember, it was T, the remember T, yeah, TJ Warren mega bubble. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe this to me at just a quick and, you know, you and I haven't done the deep dive on the research here. He's still at least a month away. It sounds like uh, probably more, you know, if they can't unload him, which again, it feels like it would be kind of hard. And they'll, I'm sure try to, if he can get back and play before the all-star break and the trade deadline, 
But if he's one of the guys that just gets left behind in this, he almost seems like the kind of player that'd be totally comfortable taking 22 shots a game and just like playing out the string, scoring a ton and losing. I don't know why I get that feeling. I could be way off base. Uh, but this news makes me feel like maybe we need to think harder about stashing TJ Warren. We'll, we'll loop back around it. This is not what the people asked for. They asked for panic. Uh, by the way, you can follow Adam King on Twitter at AdamKing91. Didn't sneak that into the front end when I was saying hello. Let's get into the panic, guys. Uh, we, we took requests. We, are, we were a DJ last uh, yesterday evening, and a few of the names that popped up more regularly we're going to try to hit on. We might have even thrown one in there ourselves just for good measure that folks for some reason weren't asking about, and we couldn't figure out why. Um, you and I put four names into a randomizer. These are in no particular order. I'm just going to pull one of the four out. And we're going to start with Julius Randle, who quietly has had a kind of clunky season to this point. I don't feel like anyone's really noticed it because he's still averaging 20, 10, and 5, which by itself sounds terrific, but steals and blocks, relatively low. Field goal percent has been an unmitigated mess. Free throw percent is back down 5 or 6% year over year on pretty good volume. Turnovers have been high for him for a while. Uh, threes are about league average. And, and this guy that... It was in the early 40s per game last year and played every night, which, you know, he's still doing that. And so he worked his way up into the 20s by totals. He's at 85 per game right now. Adam, is he coming back or not? And I'll preface the question by saying I was kind of down on him this year because they got help in New York. Wasn't that the whole point? Not having him take 20 shots per ball game? Yeah, I think so. I was, um, I wasn't as high on, on him. He, so his ADP was was a, around twenty four. So he was sort of going on the turn at the end of the second round, which was a little bit high for me. Um, is he coming back? Look, I, I think he'll be better than he has been the last oh, sort of month. Um, he started the season really well uh, and then cooled off quickly, but. But New York have just cooled off. And so I think, I mean, as we've seen with Evan Fournier, he was the same. He started, he cooled off. Um, Kemba cooled off and, and didn't come back at all. Uh, so <laughs> I think he'll be better than he was, but I don't I don't see him getting to his ADP. Um, and if you look at it, over the last two weeks, he's been about a top 50 player. And that's really on the back of his free uh, his field goal percentage bumping up from forty. What his season average is sort of around forty three percent, and he's up at fifty six percent for the last two weeks. So that's the big difference there. Um, and yeah, look, I think he's just attempting less threes as well. So he's getting back to to what he used to be, which is a bit more of a sort of back to the basket kind of. Uh, mid-range guy as well, um, so I think he, I think he'll be better. But I think top fifty is probably around where you want to be setting your expectations. Not not top thirty, top twenty, where where he was being drafted. So I'm actually a little bit more bearish on him even than you are at this point. Um, the threes has been heavily about percentage, which could come back. So that actually probably is a uh, more a feather in your cap or your your side of this argument's cap. Um, he's attempting 5.3 threes this year, 5.5 last season. 
But again, his shots per game are, are down by about two overall. Free throws are down by one. Free throw percentage is back right at his career mark. So it's looking more and more like maybe last year was this wild free throw aberration. Uh, but is the field goal percent this year an aberration? So there are a lot of questions about Randall that, that pretty heavily focus around percentages. The one thing you can definitely argue is that his volume is down. Assists are down by almost one per game. Shots are down by almost two. That's a, a few, one, two, three, whatever, and half a free or you know half a free throw possession that he's down game over game season versus season. So the fact that he's shooting the ball worse isn't really the only thing at play here. So now I turn back to last year and you kind of you, you have to play this little game it's a little bit of a mental gymnastics type type of thing, but there is that totals versus per game thing going on. Last year he was number 38 per game. Played in 71 out of 72 basketball games, so he was number 15 by totals. Where do you, not you necessarily, Adam, but where do you, the listener, what is he to you? Is he a 38? Is he number 38 or is he number 15? And I think what format you're in dictates heavily how you interpret that. If you're in head-to-head, someone who plays in every single ball game is extraordinarily useful because you're not... Get taking zeros in the middle of a week. Getting anything from a guy in every ball game has value, whereas in a games cap league, you're pretty much evaluating them on their per game marker. So let's take his per game marker of 38, and we'll just play fuzzy math here on this lovely Tuesday, and say, if you take away whatever it is, 10% of his usage, he's going to fall. So you say top 50. I think top 50 is kind of a best case scenario where his percentages do come back to where they were last year if he takes a 10 percent usage hit and his percentages stay worse i think you're looking at 65 range uh so i'm not buying on him at all right now i think you'd have to pay more than that to get him i've been in chats with a good buddy of mine trying to buy on julius randall but he won't go low enough for me so i'm a little more bearish even than you i say i mean to say panic is a little bit silly because we all I mean you and I we agree he was getting way overdrafted so if you drafted him at 25 hell yeah you should really be in a full panic but you should have been panicked the moment you did it uh but just in terms of where we see him headed I think we both see him headed up a little bit um I think maybe just a tiny bit less uh anything to add on Randall before we go to player two no I think that that's all pretty bang on um i think if you were drafting him though something especially if you're in a um head-to-head league you should have been punting field goal percentage anyway um because he's a he's a big guy who's going to get rebounds very little defense um defensive numbers but he's only going to sort of hit 45 percent of his shots at best so he's perfect for your big man punt build isn't he he is, yeah, and, and because he he actually gets you a good number of assists from that position as well. So, you sh- taking all of that into consideration, he hasn't been as bad um, because the the field goal percentage has been one of the big issues so far. And if you are punting field goal percentage, it doesn't matter. So, if you if you had him in the right build, then he hasn't been as bad as he sort of appeared over the last month or so um so just something again to keep in mind in a roto it it would be a a bit more of a hit because he would be dragging your field goal percentage down a little bit yeah a little bit (laughs) next name on the list is someone who this i think was the one we added although maybe somebody said it and i missed it and that's brandon ingram who uh 
has had a kind of a weird year so far. He missed a couple of ball games, which that does tend to happen with him. A handful, not a, not a ton so far. I think he's only missed like maybe three or four of their games, if I'm remembering right. Still scoring. He's actually. I mean, I feel like we're doing the same discussion twice here. Brandon Ingram is Julius Randle's small forward edition or power forward edition. If you've got Randle at center, 23 points, six boards, five assists, minimal defensive stats, kind of a low field goal percent, better free throw number than Randle, lower rebounding number, similar turnovers. Are we discussing the same player twice? Is this redundant? I mean, I feel like we do need to talk about what do we, what do we actually expect from Brandon Ingram? Um, and I would say I should go first on this one, but I also worry that I talk too much. So, Brandon Ingram, do you see him? Well, well, maybe we even even compare him to Randall. Does he go past Julius? Because right now he's about around behind him. They're pretty damn close, though. Yeah, they're pretty close. I'd probably have a little bit more confidence if I had if I had Ingram. Um, I just think I think he does a little bit more on the defensive end. Not not much. Um, won't get you blocks, but I, th- I think he could get close to a steal a game, best case scenario. Um, and he, he has been pretty good over the last couple of weeks. Um, top 40 player, top 10 player over the last week. Uh, the, the Zion thing, I guess, is what we have to factor in there, but God, who, <laughs> I know who knows you, what's going on yeah, there? I'm sure you saw the Instagram pictures. I did. Yeah, yes. Zion in yep. a very big red jumpsuit yep. or whatever you want to call that. That's um, it's making the rounds. I don't want to talk about it too much because I, I, it, it just feels mean to pick on a guy who's clearly oh, going yeah. through some stuff. He, he's not mentally. He is not where he needs to be. So we don't want to put him down. But yeah, he's not. Let's just let's just say he's not in game shape. Can we leave it at that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, look, I, I really hope Zion comes back and and plays well because he's a lot of fun to watch. So, um, but it, it's it doesn't look like it's happening. Well, it's not happening this month. I think we can agree on that. Um, so there's at least another month for for Ingram here. So, yeah, look, I, I think he's he's not a top ten player. He's not going to be a top ten player, but he's ninety second on the year, uh, and. He he'll be better than that. He he's he'll be better than a top ninety player. So with him, you could potentially hope. I mean, give him another couple of games, and if he if he turns in another sort of a few more thirty point games where where he's doing a bit of everything, you could potentially then look to sell him, um, try and get a, a top top thirty top forty player back. Um, he was what fifty one last year, uh, thirty five the year before. So that's that's really his ceiling. I don't think he's going any higher than thirty-five. But I'd have him. I'd probably have him around top fifty as well. I think similar to Randall. What about you? Yeah, I uh, I think I probably move Randall just like you, ever so slightly in front. Or uh, Ingram, excuse me. I make sure I say the right name here. I have Ingram ever so slightly in front of Randall the rest of the way. Um, the seals and blocks are crazy low, even for him. And, you know, for the first three years of his career, everybody, we were all staring at him like, why don't you, how come you don't get steals? Your arms are stretched from end line to end line. It doesn't make any sense. And then one year, he averaged 1.6 combined defensive stats. That was two seasons back. Generally, he's been more in like the 1.2, 1.3 range. And right now he's at 0.8. So those will probably come up. 
Uh, his usage is as high as it's ever been. He's taking 19-plus shots per game. That's even more than last year. It's far more than two years ago. Field goal percent is a little bit down. That probably comes back up. I would agree with you there. I think that sort of loops around. He's, he's a good foul shooter now. Um, I don't know what's going on with the turnovers. Those might stay near three. That's he's you know he's been in the two point five to three range, but if you just sort of account for the field goal percent and his very high usage, uh, there's reason to believe that he's probably closer to fifty than ninety five. Um, and now I I know I said I had Randall like near sixty five ish. I think I probably have Ingram like maybe a half around to ten slots in front of that. So it's not far. Splitting hairs a little bit, and you could easily flip them. Uh, but Ingram probably comes cheaper in a trade right now, which means that there might actually be a little wiggle room if you wanted to buy on him. I don't know what he would cost, though. I feel like I feel like you'd pretty much have to pay top 55, top 65 to get him, even though he's three rounds back of that. You think folks are giving a discount on Ingram? Not after a 40-burger the other night. Yeah, not now. Probably a week ago, yes, but not yeah. not now. Yeah, no, I think I think it doesn't take long for these guys with who have the name recognition to um it only takes one good game for opinion to shift yep. quite a lot. Yep. That is the magic of having name recognition. It doesn't take much whereas with other guys you got to do it for 3 months before anybody will yeah. say okay. Um Rob Covington made the list because a number of folks were asking about him. You and I talked right before we hit record. This is sort of a weird one because he was probably drafted in the eighth round. So we're not talking about someone that was supposed to go super early not performing. We're talking about kind of a the latest part of the mid-round, and he's underperforming. There's no question about it. But who on Portland isn't? That team is a dumpster fire of chemistry right now. But let's talk Rocco. Um, I'm, I'm an advocate of holding when you can see that there's other stuff at play. He didn't just magically become bad at basketball. He's on a team where it doesn't seem like anybody gets along, really. Like, the fact that he had his best ball game yesterday makes sense with no Dame and no McCollum. Still only took eight shots. I don't know, man. Does anybody look like they want to be a Blazer right now? Maybe Nurk? Is that about it? Yeah, it's it's interesting times there. Um, I think a lot of us have just been calling for them to rebuild, but they seem to refuse to want to do it. So they're sort of stuck in mediocrity at the moment um, with the team that they've got. Um, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I thought when Covington came across to Portland, I thought he would, he was sort of a, a he would be a nice piece for them. Uh, and he hasn't really turned out the way that I thought it would. And then they added Larry Nance. Um, the Sea Little has been, playing pretty well when he's on the floor. Uh, So, yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, Covington's a tricky one. As you said, I think people are are remembering back three years when he was a top 40 player and sort of putting him up against that mark where you you shouldn't be anymore. You should be sort of valuing him as a, I don't know, top 90 player um, at best, top 100, which is where he was being drafted. And he's currently, what is he ranked at the moment? He's one one thirty, one thirties in the one thirties. Um, and if you, I mean, if you look at his at his stats compared to last year when he was a top seventy player, uh, scoring is down slightly. Um, but that's, I mean, that's never been his thing. 
Um, it, it's really his defensive numbers, which have just taken a small hit, both of them. Uh, and the rebounds are actually down a little bit. He, he's sort of had a, a sneaky amount of value in the rebound category the last couple of years. And that's come down a little bit as well. So, yeah, look, I mean, if, if you if you drafted him, you should have just been expecting a steal and a block and a three. And, and he is giving you that. Um, can you maybe stream and get more production? Possibly. So it really depends on your on how deep your leagues are here and, and whether what your acquisition limit is, that sort of thing, whether you can you can fill his spot with someone else. But yeah, look, I'm I'm okay with dropping him, but I wouldn't just drop him for the sake of dropping him. I'd be I'd have a plan or have a a nice player available. Um, you know what I'm worried about, Adam, is that. Like if if I drop him, someone else will probably pick him up in a, in three days, and then he might get dropped again, and then he'll probably get picked up again in three days. And he's gonna be one of those dudes that's just on and off of rosters yeah. forever. And someone's gonna win the yeah. game of spin the Rob Covington bottle or whatever game we want to call this, and it's gonna be the week where Portland pulls the trigger on a big trade or something changes that that makes him a happy player again. And then it's like, ah, damn it. Why didn't I? But what are you going to do? You know, if you need to, if you need to maximize that roster slot, I actually agree with you. If you're, if you're in a head to head league, his spot is a streamable one. If you're in a roto league and you can just stash him for a bit, I think I very much would because we even saw it yesterday, 10 rebounds, three steals, two blocks. If he just gets an opportunity, Rob Covington's still in there. He didn't magically change who he was. It's just what's going on around him right now. Uh, so, you know, what if McCollum gets traded? What if Ben Simmons comes in? Does that completely end it? Does he get traded in a potential Ben Simmons deal and end up back where it all began? One of the, one of the process guys <laughs> on the, we need to lose them all 76ers. There's a lot of things that could happen here. So again, stashable, I believe. Yes. Head to head. It's tough. Someone's going to win the lotto with him when it starts to click, uh, it might be a week. It might be four. It might be February. So that's that's the dice you're you're rolling at that point. And if it does, if it is one of those things that ends up happening, you know, two and a half months down the line, then it probably ends up being a good idea to stream his roster slot. So uh, I'm actually inclined to agree with you, with I, which I think people would be surprised about. Um, but I do think in Roto, you you got to hang on and make sure someone else doesn't win the top fifty Roco Lotto when the guy you're picking up is like to stream Luke Kennard for two games or something like that. Because I know someone listening is about to drop him for Luke Kennard. I know you are. I'm looking at you, whoever you are. Uh, Let's talk about one more guy who's a big name. And I talked about him yesterday, but I thought it might be cool to get someone else's opinion on it. And that's Bradley Beal, who did finally have a better offensive game yesterday. 34 points on 19 shots. He actually shot 10 free throws. There was a modicum of efficiency, but also he did it against the Pacers who who won, you know, credit to Indiana for putting one in the win column, but also they haven't stopped anyone this year. However, you know, we saw this with Vooch against Charlotte. Sometimes all it takes is one game to wake a player up. Is Beal awake? That's the first question. Second question is, what's your target value for him? I put him more in the 25 to 30 range on yesterday's show. Mm. Yeah, he he's... Probably of all these names, he's the one that's sort of getting the most attention at the moment. Um, 
So he was being what he was drafted around the fifteen mark. Yeah, the turn or just after the turn. Yeah. yeah. Um, And And actually, he was earlier. He was going earlier until the anti-vax news broke, and he dropped a few slots because of that, of all things. And that's had no impact on him at all. Uh, It's just been his play to this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Look, it has. And um. I think it was justified taking him there. I mean, I think we sort of looked at what he did last year. He was he was uh, number seventeen last year, and they and they were losing Westbrook. So I think the thought was, well, he's going to get more of the ball. He's going to get more usage. Um, he had thirty thirty one points per game last year, thirty the year before. So we we would sort of safely think, oh yeah, he's going to be at least twenty eight, twenty nine this year. But he hasn't. He's been well below that. He's down at 22 points a game. So a lot of his value is just his shooting. Um, it's fairly fairly cut and dry there because his other numbers are about where they need to be. Um, his steals probably need to come up a little bit, but everything else, rebounds, assists, uh, they're fine. Um, free throw percentage is fine. It, 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 he just needs to start hitting his shots, which he did yesterday. But yeah, I wouldn't have him. I don't think he gets up to where he was being drafted at, at fifteen. I, I was sort of thinking, probably similar to you, actually, sort of around twenty-five to thirty. I think is a safe, a safe floor for him. Um, Do you think you could get him? Do you think you could get him for someone in the forties? Would someone part with him for that right now? Uh I'm having a look at who's in the 40s. Yeah, I just threw that number out there. I didn't see what what names were. Yeah, um, it probably depends on who the player is. Like, I think if 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 you offered if you offered Zach Levine for Bradley Beal, I think I think that trade would be okay. Um, Zach Levine's at 35. CJ McCollum's at 32. If you offered CJ McCollum, I don't think you're getting Beal for CJ McCollum. Uh, so it, it probably depends on who the player is um, at the moment. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think after yesterday, whoever has him, um, he, he, his fantasy managers are probably feeling a little bit better about themselves. Before yesterday, then, as I said earlier, he's one of these guys, one good game, yeah, and opinion shifts quite quickly in the, that buy-low window I don't mean it doesn't slam shut, but it, it's it's closing. And yeah. if he has another game to I don't know when they play tomorrow yeah. or something. If he has another good game tomorrow, then it's done. I don't think you're getting him um, yeah. at value. The window isn't it, it hasn't slammed, but there's like a breeze blowing the door closed. It's on the yeah. it's it's swinging that direction. I do feel better about the fact that I had like a seven minute. Bradley Beal diatribe on yesterday's podcast. Just barely slipped it in before he finally had a better ball game. Uh, Adam King, I'm going to let you go because, um, yeah, I mean, if we if I don't, we'll do an hour, and uh, <laughs> folks are probably okay with that. But got to keep him. We got to keep him wanting more, right? It's the George Costanza play. I know you're a huge Seinfeld guy. I am indeed. Yes, yeah. I, I watch way <laughs> too much Seinfeld. Costanza. <laughs> He is Adam King at Adam King ninety one on Twitter. Wait, you had something to say about Seinfeld? I think I, I don't want to cut you I off. I did. Yes, I did have that as my ringtone for quite a while. <laughs> did there, you really? George Costanza <laughs> answering machine. So yeah. believe it or not, George isn't it? Is that th- that one? That one. Yeah. 
Instagram yep. episode. <laughs> but go follow him now. Adam, uh, until next week, good sir? Yes, enjoy the rest of your afternoon, and I will go and get my kids ready and drop them off at school. Yeah, have a lovely day. We'll uh, we'll go find ourselves a deep mailbag over the next few days. He's Adam King once again at AdamKing91. Adam, later, dude. See you later. The one, the only. Always a fun time with our buddy Adam King, and we really could. Like, he and I, what did we talk about? The Pacers and four players for 35 minutes? You guys know what you're signing up for when you listen to this show. We are not quick strike on Fantasy NBA Today. We are the deep dive podcast, I think. I don't know. Do I have time to listen to everybody else's podcast? I wish. I really do wish. Uh, So I think I'm the deep dive show, but what the hell do I know? You guys can tell me if I'm an idiot. I can take it. Big thank you, as always, to our buddies over at Manscaped.com. Coupon code there is HoopBall20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your Manscaped holiday order. Good stuff there. Ranging from as little as like $10 up to $70 or $80, depending on what you're looking at. Manscaped.com has the Lawnmower 4.0. Waterproof technology. You can take that sucker. I don't know how you'd shave yourself in a pool, but you could do it if you wanted to. It's probably easier if you have like a mirror in your shower. I think that may be more what they had in mind when they designed that technology. Here's where I think it's actually quite useful is cleaning. You can clean the device with water if you need to in a way that other trimmers, I can't tell you, I've had sideburn trimmers that I've blown out by simply trying to rinse them off. It's an amazing pain in the butt. So and it's like 25, 30, 45, whatever it is, those were at CVS every single time. You can get yourself a lawnmower 4.0 at manscaped.com with our coupon code, hoopball20, 20% off, free shipping. I think the 20% off knocks it down to like 60 or something in that neck of the woods. I didn't look this morning. Uh, But you can use it forever, basically. They've got replacement blades if you ever dull the ones that you're using. So that's a way to keep it even longer. And it's just a good product. Got an LED light built in. It's got a lock on it so you can travel and it won't burn itself out if it gets flicked on in the overhead compartment or whatever. It just has all the things. They've thought about the things that a regular person needs in a sideburn trimmer. In addition to the most important part of all, pinch-free technology. Manscaped.com. Hoopball20. Soon, we're going to get that switched over to Ethos20. But for now, Hoopball20. Go get 20% off and free shipping. Christmas is coming up, man. It's 18 days. I know. I'm a Hebrew over here, but I know. We just had Hanukkah. Would have been a great present for that. Thanksgiving, that'd be something to get, be thankful for. A clean neck and back. Anyway, check them out. They're a great partner for us here. We're just thrilled to have them all the time. Uh, and so get, go get something so they can continue to stay our partner. I gave out some MyBookie um, coupons late last week and early into this week. So I don't have any of those for you right now, but I would recommend heading over and checking them out as well. MyBookie.ag is the website. If you're going to sign up, use coupon code uh, HoopBall when you do so over there as well. Short card tonight, short card Tuesday night. It's kind of a little bit of a breather for us here in the basketball world. We deserve them because Mondays are big. Wednesdays are bigger, I believe. Wednesday is nuts this week. Um... They really did skimp on it. What the hell is that? Is that 13 games on Wednesday? Good Lord. Make sure you're not overmaxed 
on your players. If you're streaming Tuesday, Thursday this week is actually a really important one with just a, a couple of games each of those days. Brooklyn-Dallas, fun one tonight. Knicks-Spurs, Celtics-Lakers, couple of underachieving teams. Boston playing better than L.A. Lakers finally getting some of their pieces back, most notably LeBron. <laughs> kind of an important one. Can they figure out how to play defense? Celtics, can they figure out how to play offense? They did against Utah. Should be fun games. Fantasy-wise, I know we haven't done the look-ahead in a little bit. Fantasy-wise, uh, Dwight Howard is something to watch. Lakers sort of pivoting to a different look. The Knicks, you're always trying to figure out who's going to get the minutes and the touches. I think we have a pretty good feel for it right now. Uh, and then with Brooklyn, the DeAndre Bembry-Bruce Brown battle. By the way, it sounds like Porzingis and Luka are, are both likely in for Dallas, which might move Jalen Brunson back outside the top 100. He's been teetering. If the field goal percent isn't there, we've talked about this before, he doesn't do enough categories if one goes away. I do think that in these three games, Dwight Howard and DeAndre Bembry are pro probably the two most interesting fringe fantasy players to, th to talk about. Pretty weird. Unless the Knicks shake things up again, which, you know, who knows? They're, they're, uh, they're grasping at stuff right now. All right, enjoy the Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you next time around. For Adam, I'm Dan. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. Please drop a five-star review. Please, please, please. We'll talk to you tomorrow.